Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank. It's Friday, March 25th. J.P. Shadrick with the best of the week from Jaguars Radio, Jaguars.com, and all our streaming platforms, Jags Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We start this week with the Jaguars Reporters Podcast Monday. John Osher, Brian Sexton, Ashlyn Sullivan, and I recapped the arrival of the first wave free agent signings, including defensive tackle Foley Fadukasi from the Jets. You know, hearing his story, the way he came through, sixth-round pick, played like one game his rookie season, you never know if those guys are going to stick or not, but... Then he found a role and found mm-hmm. a way and stuck with it and, and kept uh, working and, and battled through. Yeah, he was by far the most emotional um, telling his story. And it was interesting. We got to the point where he was really talking about leaving his hometown. He's from Queens and, you know, New Yorkers, they're very proud of where they're from. And, and he went to college around there and then played for the New York Jets. He said, this is really my first time leaving home. And I always pictured when I left home, it was because I've reached success. And for him to reach the second contract is the success that, that he wished upon. It's the ultimate success story. Well, he's coming to Florida. I mean, come on. That's I the know, second. He's not moving. <laughs> There's but so many New Yorkers said, here. Yeah, he said, you know, when I moved, I knew it would be it's because I made it. So you could tell he was getting really emotional that he got this second contract. When I left home, it's because my father told me I had to. The ultimate success story. story on yeah. that. But I think what struck me about the seven was I don't know – whether they'll, quote, live up to their contracts. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you do that when you're making the kind of money that free agents make. But what I do believe is that these seven, you're not going to have any of those guys who say, okay, well, I made the money. Now I'm done. Right. Yeah. Now I'm checking out. You got the idea that they will all try to earn whatever is in the third year. So, And there are elements of that. We've had it in, in this franchise before, way beyond uh, for me, but you're not going to get a Jerry Porter out of this bunch. No. The Jaguars Reporters Podcast runs Mondays on this official Jaguars Podcast Network. Moving to Tuesday morning and Jags drive time. NFL media reporter Judy Batista joined Ashwin, John, and Brian for a review of one of the wildest openings to a league year in league history. This seems to be one of the craziest free agencies we have ever seen, to be frank. Uh, I think it's the the craziest um, we've ever seen. I don't remember ever seeing anything like this, especially the, the quarterback movement, which is um, wild and unprecedented in the NFL. Uh, Judy, let me ask you, um, this was a topic, we were just talking about this, uh, the quarterbacks are the tip of the iceberg on it, but so many big names changing hands. Is this a trend? Do you see this being the way the league is going forward? Because Judy, Unfortunately, you and I have known each other a long, long time, so we're the old people in the room, along with Brian. No. I don't remember are, this. But young at heart. Young at heart. <laughs> is this how it's going to be, or it, are teams going to have to see if it works? How do you see this shaping up going forward? I do think um, this is likely to be the way things are for a while. There's, you know, if general managers have gotten younger, and I think this wave of general managers is more aggressive in team building. I mean, you're right. Like only how many years ago there were never trades in the NFL. We would sort of bemoan like, oh, we wish it were more like Major League Baseball's trade deadline, right? Where superstar players are moving all the time. That never happened. And you certainly never saw player for player trades. And part of the reason was they would say, well, you know, the salary cap makes it too complicated. Well, now we realize, eh, not really. They just didn't want to do trades. Um, This wave of general managers seems more comfortable with with doing it. And so I, I think... Um, we are likely to, to see this kind of movement. Um, 
listen, you know, we, we just saw what the Rams did. Um, and that's not for everybody. That's not everybody's cup of tea, the way they built their team, but it worked. Um, and, and I think you're, you know, I think you're going to see a comfort level, particularly with moving star level players. You know, Judy, I'm not sure what my question is here, but when, when you, you look at the Colts, right? Um, the Colts for years had Peyton Manning and then Andrew Luck, and they had no quarterback instability at all. And now what are they going into? Six straight years this will be with them with a different starting quarterback? Uh, part of that, I think, is, is speaks to what you were saying, and that is is that you know, you've got guys who are willing to take chances. And the other part of it is is that when there's not someone out there, guys can move freely. It's just so interesting. Marcus Mariota is getting another chance, and Russell Wilson moves to Denver. And so, where does Baker Mayfield land? Where do, where does this whole quarterback carousel stop this year? I think also just to add to what you were saying, a contributing factor this year is the draft class is not. You know, there's just not this wealth of quarterbacks that are really well regarded in this draft class. Maybe that will turn out to be wrong, but at least the analysis going into the draft is, you know, there's no Trevor Lawrence. So if you are a team in need of that guy, you know, the, the draft is sort of pushed to the side. And if, if you feel like we're just a quarterback away, um, then you're going to go get one in free agency to answer your question about Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know where he lands. Um, certainly, the, you know, the seats are filling up and the music is, is getting close to stopping. Um, he apparently wanted, was hoping for the Indianapolis Colts. I never thought that was going to be a great fit. They apparently were not, um, you know, really in on him either. So, uh, you know, there are teams that still need a quarterback. Seattle, um, you know, I can't imagine they're going to be just settling with Drew Locke. So is Seattle a possibility? Um Maybe what are the Carolina Panthers going to do uh, since they missed out on Deshaun Watson? But you know the the slots are closing up. I mean Atlanta, you know, trades Matt Ryan and then signs Marcus Mariota, who is clearly their bridge quarterback. Maybe he resurrects his career, which would be tremendous. But you know, clearly he is the bridge to either his own career resurrection or to somebody else. Um, you know, New Orleans brought back Jameis Winston, which I think was the no-brainer move. Um, but, you know, the spots are not just Baker Mayfield. What happens to Jimmy Garoppolo now, who I think we all assumed would be moved by this time, and his shoulder surgery has really messed up his, his movement. Jags Drive Time Tuesdays at 10 a.m. on Jaguars.com and the Jags social media channels. We stay with a quarterback talk, and this time from NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks on the Huddle Up podcast. He spoke with John Osher and me about the quarterback pro day week. What do you like so far about the quarterback week in the pro days, Bucky? Uh, you know, JP, I think we have to kind of talk about it in terms of the way that we're seeing the league shift. We're seeing a seismic change in the way people are treating the quarterback, and that will have a ripple effect on the college game and the college quarterbacks that are in this draft. Um, we've never seen as much turnover and movement up top in the National Football League with, um, quote-unquote, elite quarterbacks changing teams still in their prime, and that has led us to look at the quarterback position a little differently. I think when the money escalated and got to the point where it's $40 million for um, your high-end quarterbacks, I think teams are now making decisions based on if I don't have what I deem to be an elite quarterback, I'm not just going to pay him to keep him around. Uh, there was a time where we were doing that. We saw that even in Jacksonville where maybe Blake Borders wasn't a high-end guy, but he still got paid like that. 
And what happens is it upsets the apple cart in the locker room. Teams are now going away from that. And I think what happened in the postseason when you saw Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford, where the quarterback made plays, I think it raised the bar for what we expect from the quarterback. And so now when we look at these college guys in the 2022 draft, I don't know if people are really fired up about the class unless you have great tools. And so the entry yesterday was on Malik Willis. And Malik Willis has tools that will be reminiscent of what we saw from like Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes and those guys where you're almost doing like baseball scouting where you kind of ignore the performance and the production and you're, you're making the evaluation based on what they bring to the table physically, raw arm talent, uh, athleticism and that stuff. And then you're hoping that you can coach them up and maybe if it hits, you get one of those elite quarterbacks. But I don't think people now are selling for mediocrity, which really makes the conversation interesting when we start thinking about how Trevor Lawrence needs to progress over the next four years before you have to start doing that big, big payday and how you build your team around an elite quarterback making big money. I'll say this leading into a question for the scout, but what you just said, Bucky, if I was a GM, which obviously I'm never going to be a GM, uh, I think you will be. Don't sell yourself short, um, Maybe you will be. scouting a guy and drafting him high and thinking that you're going to develop a guy because he has tools and he's never shown it. The old man shouting at, at a clouds inside of me says that, that is a risky way to get a quarterback. I mean, as somebody who sat in those rooms, as somebody who, you know, uh, I think I could be a GM as yourself, would that not scare the heck out of you? Well, I think if you, if, if you look at it this way, what we're talking about are, are prototypes. So there are two ways to do it where you can look at the prototypical guy who has the height, weight, arm talent, uh, checks off all the intangible qualities and those things. And you're like, look, the performance hasn't always been clean, but the odds suggest that the elite quarterbacks have X, Y, and Z. This guy has that. He just hasn't put it together. As opposed to the noodle arm quarterback that we know is just a guy, but then we get him. And we get comfortable with him being the quarterback. And then we don't want to move on because we're like, yeah, he doesn't have this, but we don't want to go out and search for better. I think what you're now seeing is everyone is on the hunt to get a top five guy. And if you're not a top five guy, it's just not a birthright for you to be the starting quarterback long-term for a franchise. I think that's the main shift. And so, yeah, you don't necessarily want to make those gambles, but what you do now, John, is you swing and you swing for the fences, and if you don't like it, you move on and get the next one. Before, when we talk about drafting guys in the first round, you draft a guy in the first round, you kind of married to him for a long time. The Cleveland Browns moved off of Baker Mayfield. Right. He was the number one overall pick right. and led him into a post a playoff win. And they're like, yeah, we know we need better to beat the other guys. That's where we're seeing the bar is now going. They're raising the bar for expectation for quarterbacks. And I like it because that's how the bar was always raised for position players. We settled with quarterbacks because we're like, yeah, we don't want to bring in competition, whereas we should always want the best quarterback that we can find. The Rams were like that too, golf, right? And then, oh, we can't get over the hump. Let's go get Matthew Stafford. And it worked out for them. Got a Super Bowl. Yeah, because now you have to think about the position and talent and tools. And so in Jacksonville, we should feel better about Trevor Lawrence because – even though last year, the rookie year, like the numbers weren't what we like, the talent and the tools still show up. 
the talent shows up, the tools. He's long, he's athletic, he has great arm talent. You you gamble on those guys. The guys who don't have that, you're quick to move on because ideally, man, you want the guy who not only can play, but he also wins the beauty pageant when it comes to the attribute. In a moment, Austin Gale of Pro Football Focus discusses an upcoming podcast series on Aiden Hutchinson. Plus, Pro Football Hall of Famer Tony Baselli gives back to the Jacksonville community. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right, you guys each with a one hundred dollar gift card that you're gonna get at the store. That's what's fun for me to see these kids, and not just you know here for soccer, recognize what they did on the soccer uh, field, but they're buying stuff for basketball and volleyball and all these other sports, which is just so cool. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. That from an event this week with Pro Football Hall of Fame left tackle Tony Baselli and the Baselli Foundation at a local Academy Sports and Outdoors store. Students from Matthew Gilbert Middle School got a shopping spree and new equipment for the soccer team. The Baselli Foundation has over 10 years' experience providing comprehensive after-school programming for at-risk youth, including faith-based character building and intensive academics. For more information, visit BaselliFoundation.com. Let's hear more from Bucky Brooks on the Huddle Up Podcast Wednesday. We took social media questions this week, one of them about wide receiver options for the Jaguars in the 2022 NFL Draft, especially with the 33rd overall pick, the opening pick of the second round. There are a million of them. Jahan Dotson could be in the mix. Um, Sky Moore from Western Michigan could be a guy um, that could add some juice and sizzle to the lineup. Um, a guy that I like, but I worry about his speed not being enough to kind of change the or impact the wide receiver court. That would be David Bell from Purdue. Um, there are many guys. I would say keep an eye on this guy from North Dakota State, Christian Watson. Uh, not in the 30s, but maybe – late second round, early third round. Christian Watson is, is a guy that dominate has great size, great length. And when we think about the success that Cooper Cup had, game's not identical, but he could be the next guy from a small school to kind of pop as a, as a big-time pro. And, Bucky, you said it before, but for the purposes of this question, you think it's possible in this draft to get a long-term big-time player at 33 at wide receiver, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, that's, that's, that's where you want to be. You want to be because someone – See, here's the thing. All 32 draft boards are different. Um, and so someone is going to take a player that uh, you deem to be not necessarily a great player. And so there's going to leave someone that's high on your board there in the second round. So, yeah, I think you can find you can find guys. I think it might be an opportunity to get um, another offensive lineman. If you say that you still need some more help there, you have an opportunity to get any of your pass catchers that you want and i think you also can get a corner you know i mean it's gonna be wide open for you at that point the huddle up podcast runs wednesday afternoons on the official jaguars podcast network aiden hutchinson talk after this 
Welcome back. There's no better time to become a Daily's Place Blue member than right now. Get access to the best seats and amenities, premium parking, and much more for all shows. All shows during the 2022 season. This year's shaping up to be one of the best yet. Dave Matthews banned for two nights. Keith Urban, Tim McGraw, the list goes on and on and on. The Black Crows, Tedeschi Trucks banned. So don't miss out. For more information, email ticketing at boldevents.com or call 904-633-2000. Let's wrap this week with Austin Gale of Pro Football Focus. He joined Jeff Lagerman and me on Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Thursday afternoon. Gale and his staff interviewed over 50 people for an upcoming PFF podcast series entitled Hutch. You guessed it, about Michigan defensive end Aiden Hutchinson and his journey toward the NFL draft. We've interviewed over 50 people, right? We've interviewed over 50 people talking to everyone we possibly can to help tell Aiden Hutchinson's story. And a lot of it has been awesome and so consistent as well, which is the type of player and the type of you know, human being Aiden Hutchinson is. I've interviewed pretty much every member of his nuclear family, a lot of media, a lot of draft analysts, and a lot of players that he played with, Quiddy Pay, um, you know, Julius Welshoff, his roommate there at Michigan. It's been really, really fun just finding out who Aiden Hutchinson is, right? Because everyone talks about him. He's this projected number one overall pick, potentially a future Jacksonville Jaguar. And I really wanted to dig into the type of player he is the guy on and off the field and he's had you know a wild story he comes to Michigan as a four-star recruit wearing the same jersey his dad did at the University of Michigan up to live a legacy with Hutchinson as his last name and from there plays right away does not burn a red shirt year plays in that Don Brown defense up and down with Rashawn Gary Quiddy Pay, Chase Winovich Josh Uche finally has this opportunity to be the guy on campus in 2020 COVID abbreviated season also gets hurt breaks his ankle six snaps into the Indiana game and ultimately was going to make a decision to go to the 2021 NFL draft instead with the injury and with the COVID abbreviated season knew he had more to prove came back in 2021 for his senior season and well the rest is history. Well, and he probably made himself a lot more money, Austin. And uh, and by the way, out of all these 50 interviews that you conduct, by the way, you know, this is really kind of a vetting process. If you find out any blemish whatsoever, <laughs> please let us know so that we can pass that on to the people here that make those decisions. Because when you invest the kind of money that the Jaguars are going to invest in the first overall pick, you got to know everything. Oh, 100%. I haven't found a blemish yet. I'll say that. It's been tough, dude, talking to his dad for an hour and a half, his mom for an hour, all these different draft analysts, all these coaches, right? Some of the more fascinating interviews that I've done have been talking to coaches that have coached against him. I talked to the offensive coordinator for the University of Washington that he went toe-to-toe with in week two and said, I didn't know what to do. You talked to Western Michigan, who played him in week one, was watching you know, Baltimore Ravens film to get a read on the defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald's offense or defense. And he's like, I didn't know what to do. We tried to run away from him. We tried to chip. We tried to do all these things. And he's a very difficult player to game plan for. And that's what I found out time and time again, talking to these opponent coaches. I think my favorite interview has probably been Penn State offensive line coach, Philip Troutwine, talking to him about what are you telling your offensive tackles to do when you get in these situations with Aiden Hutchinson and say, don't block him one-on-one, right? You're going to need a tight end. You're going to need a running back. And you're going to need to run the football far and far away for Maiden Hutchinson. Yeah, Austin, uh, you know, I played the position somewhat because he's a stand-up, more of a stand-up type of a guy. And when I was in college, I was a stand-up middle linebacker. But when I was in the pros, I was a defensive end. So I, I watched that position with great interest. And, and watching the film on Aiden Hutchinson, I can't find, as a guy that played that position, I can't find anything that he does not do well. I don't find any weakness. I don't see any weakness. He's got a tremendous motor. 
He uh, excels in every situation, whether it's something that requires speed, uh, stamina, strength. He does everything exceptionally well. And so many different people probably want to typecast him into a 4-3 or a 3-4. At PFF, what do you guys think he is going to be or where he should be? I think he can play both positions really well, whether his hand's in the ground or it's up. It's kind of up to him and the team that wants to play him. Talking to his agent and talking to Aiden specifically, you know, he kind of prefers playing with his hand out of the ground, but he said, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll play nose tackle in the NFL if that's what I have to do, if that's what the team asked me to do. I, I do think he's best on the edge and being able to pin his ear back and pin his ears back and rush the passer with a hand out of the ground. I think that's what's been really, really where he's had the most success, right? He did a lot of that in 2021 and showed that versatility. And I think you're hundred percent right. You hit the nail on the head on just like the type of player he is. He's a complete player talking to head coach, Jim Harbaugh. He just checks every single box, athleticism, intangibles, production, measurables, all these different boxes you need to check to be a number one overall pick, to be a top five pick in the NFL. It's exactly what Aiden Hutchinson checks. They're at the university of Michigan, their strength and conditioning coach, Ben Herbert, who's been there since 2018 has molded Aiden Hutchinson's body. They test 41 different key, key performance indicators or KPIs like neck inflection, hip abduction, all these different things. He is A-plus across the board, the best they've seen over the last two years. Aiden Hutchinson is the freak of nature coming out of Michigan. Jaguars Happy Hour Radio airs Thursday at 4 o'clock on 1010XL AM in Jacksonville or on Jaguars Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And that podcast series will drop from PFF at some point in April. The date undetermined at this time. We'll keep you posted here. That wraps another busy week at TIAA Bank Field. Next week, it's the NFL Annual Meeting, commonly known as the Owners' Meetings. They're down in Palm Beach this year. John Osher will be there for Jaguars.com. Catch all the coverage on the website and the Jaguars' social media channels. And, of course, the podcasts each week available on the free iHeartRadio app on the official Jaguars Podcast Network. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast, presented by TIAA Bank.